Wait, wait, wait. Anna Leong Brophy. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, thank God. I, I do worry. I do worry. We're not alone. Worry. We've right. got a guest. That means we're both here. We've got a guest. Talk to us. This is so legit. This is the podcast where we look at pop culture and the stories that it told us as we were growing up and go, are these stories still legit? And today we are joined by a fantastic guest. She's a friend of ours, but aside from that being one of her greatest accolades, she's <laughs> a, a writer and a comedian. Her last show, Venus uh, in Edinburgh in 2019, was nominated quite rightly for Best Show at Edinburgh Fringe. She's written for and appeared on Eight out of ten, eight out of ten cats. Eight out of ten. Oh, I can't even say it. I try. She's written for and appeared on eight out of ten cats, and eight out of ten cats does cat down. I will never be able to say that. <laughs> I want you to say it again and again and again. Does count. I mean, god damn it. Just move eight on from that. Eight out of ten cats does count down. It's hard. I suppose it's sure. Imagine how hard it was to appear on that. You know. <laughs> Uh, she starred on Don't Hate the Players. She starred in Riot Girls, and she's host. She's hosted this wonderful night called Wacky Racist. And when comedy is allowed back in real life, um, or maybe I, even in virtual life, or maybe in we'll virtual say. life, she can tell us. It's Sophie Duker. Hey, how did, sorry, that was how did we me do? Appearing. That was so, honestly. I mean, it usually causes me physical pain to hear people talk about me. And the things I've done. But I was like, it is, it, even though it's hurting me, it is accurate. <laughs> it's cringy, but it was a good year. <laughs> Very good year. And then 2020. So Sophie, what film did you choose to do with us today? I chose Mrs. Doubtfire. One, one of my faves, one of the greats, or is it? TBC. Yeah, I mean, that's the point of this podcast, maybe. <laughs> Can I ask why you chose Mrs. Doubtfire? Because you did suggest this one. Um, I chose Mrs. Doubtfire because um, I'm a big fan of bisexual icon Mara Wilson. Uh-huh. Um, she's... Yes, she's an adult who doesn't act anymore. I've actually forgotten what she does, but it's very boring. Um, and she was... <laughs> does a good tweet is what she does. She does a good tweet. <laughs> Um, she does a good tweet and I just, I think like her as a child actor, there have been like a couple of great child actors, some unfortunate <sighs> child actors like Macaulay Culkin. Sorry, Macaulay. But I just think in so like in this and Matilda, which are probably like my favourite of her mm, early work. She is, is so great. She's just like captivating. I loved her and I wanted, I really wanted to be her in Matilda. Um, <gasps> She's so adorably breathy, isn't she? She's always yeah. like, daddy. She does whisper the whole film. She whispers daddy. and she swallows her words it's not annoying and but I also really loved, articulated yeah Go I loved Robin Williams as well I when you I've said watched... I'm obsessed with bisexual icon I thought you were gonna say I'm obsessed with bisexual icon Mrs Doubtfire <laughs> uh... <laughs> which leads us to our first problem boys and girls <laughs> oh yes yes Im- Im- imagine if I thought Mrs Doubtfire was a bisexual icon I would I also... love it I refer to like if I've had if you have like a busy like if you've got like a lot of gigs or you've got like I always be trying to like Mrs. Doubtfire it like it's a verb. I'm gonna doubtfire. Define the verb. Give us like um, the circumstances in which you would employ that verb. So if I was gonna like doubtfire Anna's New Year's Eve party, Mm -hmm. I'd like pop in. Oh my god! Yes. Pop to another party across the road and then like pop back without some meringue on your face. Yeah. yeah, we call that doing a Kyle. <laughs> we call it Kyle Smith by now. In our household. 
<laughs> nice, nice. But yes, that's such a that that's such a perfect way of describing that, and such a point in the film. Well, we'll get to it. But oh my god, twice actually, twice. I was like, I can't, I can't take this. It the went stress. on. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna. I was just gonna go straight in. So I'm like, it went on. Never mind. No, fine. <laughs> So, Sophie Duca, what we usually do is one of us will do a quick summary of the film for any listeners who somehow haven't witnessed Mrs. Doubtfire in all its glory. Um, but as you're our guest, are you prepared to do that? Do the summary. The summary of the film. Fresh. Yeah, fresh. sure. We've got your back. Just, just so you know, Emily's happens. quite judgmental about the <laughs> length and detail of the summaries. <laughs> But I'm also I've been rich. burned before. I'm really shit at them as well. So. <laughs> okay, so I actually have some notes. Do you want me to minimise my notes? On oh, what? just you, you do you. Just, yeah, this is like if you were just, what is the blurb of this movie? Okay, so there's like a, there's, there's a Robin Williams. <laughs> yes. His job is Robin Williams. <laughs> but, <laughs> you stop. <laughs> With uh, Robin Williams, who's currently employed as Robin Williams, uh, which is lovely to see. Uh, but for some reason, over a minor detail in a cartoon that surely he's seen the script for, he walks out. Uh, and then he's like, I'm going to spend some of my wife's money on a party uh, for my baby boy. He's only got one boy who he clearly prefers, but that's fine. And um, throws a party, mum gets mad and then releases all the aggression that she's had for the last 15, 14, 14 years, 14 years. 14 years. They get separated and then they go to a court and the court is like, you can only see your kids once a week, which for him is terrible uh, because he's not real. <laughs> for, three, for three months. It'll be reassessed in three months. It'll be reassessed in like, three months. But he's no. Like, these kids are... These kids are my oxygen or something. He probably doesn't say that. Um, and like that. Uh, yeah, so then he's like quite rude to his mother-in-law, his former mother-in-law, and goes to live in like quite a nice house that everyone it's pretends is horrible. It's quite nice, isn't it? This grotty flat is nice. He's just what? moved in. Give him a break. He's got boxes <laughs> everywhere. Um, and then, oh, 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 there's also, I mean, I don't know how much detail to go into. Also, it's dropped in that this guy who's Pierce Brosnan, I don't know anyone's real names, Miranda, the mum, it's dropped in that this guy has like come back and he's setting up a $500 a night B&B, um, which is so much for a B&B. Um, and he needs Still. someone to decorate it. Um, and then... Sophie Duca, what much blurbs have you been reading for films? <laughs> It's, no, 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 I can, do, I can do it in five lines. I'm not going to watch it. Okay, five lines, five lines. <laughs> so, a man loses his children in a weird... Robin Williams loses his children in a weird court case, right? In order to see his children more frequently, he decides to dress as a possibly Scottish old lady. <laughs> While being a Scottish old lady has to learn lots of things on the job, like discipline and how to cook lobster. Yep. Um, he gets exposed while taking a piss at some point and by his own children. Yeah, even though he's gotten quite good at it, and and also he's just been supervising while his ex-wife is basically getting pissed on Brosnan as a boyfriend. And then for some reason he decides to go to combine a really important work meeting yeah. with his ex-wife 
Pip's birthday dinner, even though the latter is really not as important. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the film. Not at all. (laughs) Listen, if Mara asks you to go in a whispery voice, you can't. You just can't say no. Please, Mrs. Devay, you've got to promise. Whoa. Well done, Sophie Duca. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. 12 hours. It started Um, off. I liked both versions. It went into Emily, and then you made it your own. Well, I'm really keen to get stuck in, but I think first, let's check in. You're right. My story, much better than Mara Wilson's story, is that I'm just living, I'm living my life. I'm sitting (laughs) in between two avocado trees that I grew from seeds. They are uh, fabulous. And checking my socials. Can you just Uh, pull them in and I'm going to take a picture of them? uh, Yes, my god i can tell oh god i can tell uh, this guy's too tall what kind of magical goddess potting soil are you using what that is good i actually did um what i didn't i did start i did what on one occasion give him mineral water to drink and then i was like no you're you're a dick but he's still it's privilege it's early in life privilege wow (laughs) so he's had a bit of a bougie upbringing yes he had like organic potting soil (laughs) <laughs> now he can't stand up by himself because he never learnt to That's he never had to do it lift a Molly finger coddled him exactly <laughs> so tell me about today because you were telling us something just before the podcast yes I got a textual message do people still call them that did they absolutely ever? why not got a little textual <laughs> message on the whatsapp a dm on the whatsapp from uh, comedian <laughs> lolly adafope uh who was highlighting the fact that yet again someone has thought that she is me or i am her someone thought how, that how and what is the context of that please yeah the context yeah, yeah. of that is that i have been hosting a podcast just like this one except unlike it in content about an amazing show called i may destroy you that your listeners might already have heard about well, i hope so it, yeah very so exciting uh i got to interview the creator and writer and main actress of the show Michaela Cole and this person did a little Instagram story being like this podcast this show is amazing and tagged Michaela Cole I May Destroy You and Lolly Adafope who has had no association with the show or the podcast you're both black women you're both black I mean, women that's that is you... I mean that's possibly the only in case the listeners are like but I don't understand they're both black women to be fair they are, they are the only two black women around ever. yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. It's it's hard. We're we're each the only black woman that you will probably meet in in this lifetime. Um, yeah. Has did you say that's happened before? It's happened so many times, specifically with Lolly. Like once, this girl came up to me and was <laughs> like, "Oh my god, I loved your show so much." And I was like, "What?" And she's like, "I saw it last night." Uh, in like she saw she'd seen Lolly perform for an hour a comedy show that Lolly had written and performed as herself, Lolly Adafope. Oh, and then she came up God. to me and was like, "It's so great!" And then once I was flying from my show, which at the time was a like it was a mixed lineup show, and someone was like, "Oh no, I've I've seen you before," and then pointed at Lolly's name on the flyer. Quoi? My days. Quoi? You you look. I know it's obvious to say this, and anyone listening will be like, "Yeah," but you. You look just so dissimilar. You don't look alike at We've all. We've always had different hair as well when like this has happened. It's not like we both have little afros. Like it's you look so like even different. if you were gonna be like, all I can see is glasses or the lack of yes, glasses. Like we yeah. have quite different You've got different voices, you've got your biometrics voices. are all different everything. Wow. Which I'm sorry that it happened to you, but it does it's like this weird Schadenfreude where I'm like, What? It makes me gleefully angry. <laughs> 
sense? <laughs> yeah, you're just like, this actually is a real thing this that happens real? to people. <laughs> yeah. um, specifically to me and Lolly Adafope. But, but it's great. I mean, at least she's very good at her job and her job yeah. is kind of like mine. So yeah. it's like... What, what kind of confuses me is that how much... <laughs> that person for who found Lolly's page and then tagged it, like how around the houses do you have to go to tag the wrong person? But presumably you're in all the publicity material, yeah. you're linked to everything. Yeah, my name, it's like Sophie Duker and Friends. It's <laughs> They're like, Sophie Duker? Mm-mm, sounds like a white woman. I'm going to find <laughs> <laughs> This is a pretty wet name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have had that as well. Um, oh, really? From talking to people on the phone and then turning up and people are like, no, I was I was expecting a white <laughs> <laughs> I've had, you don't look like an Emily. Oh, you don't look like an Emily. What do I look like? Who looks like what? Oh, <laughs> Please tell me what do I look like? Does it end in Inda? Such fun. Anna, have you, uh, who have you been mistaken for? Oh, I mean, it's so stupid because I used to, well, an ex-boyfriend's friend used to always call me Lucy by mistake because oh, I no. reminded him of Lucy Lou. No. And I'm like, I don't look anything like, I wish I looked like Lucy Lou. I wish I looked like Lucy Liu. I don't look anything like her. And he would just be like, oh, Lucy. Oh, sorry, Anna. Mm." I love that it was someone that he didn't personally know. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's not like you look like my friend. (laughs) Because it also means that he probably doesn't know anyone who looks anything like Lucy Liu. Because he's like, it's Lucy. Ridiculous. (laughs) The one station I also... (gasps) Em, do you remember this? I think you might have been around. This was ages ago at Batlax Gig. And... One of the members was coming late and he needed to sort of be signed in. So I said to the organisers, oh, yeah, so he's coming late. He'll be here any minute. They're like, OK, what does he look like? I'll tell the guy on the door. And I was like, oh, you know, uh, a white guy, a- average looking white guy with blue eyes, kind of like you. And he went, all right, Jackie Chan. <gasps> Whoa! I was like, that was... Oh, that, that was ready to go. That was really ready to go. Yeah, those barrels were in the shotgun. <laughs> Oh, okay. wow. God. That is bonkers. Well, gleefully angry. <laughs> Do you think he thought you were Jackie? No, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to the lady that I offended outside the club tonight and he looked for Jackie Chan's Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Chan got tagged into that apology. You yeah. don't yeah. need to be angry about that anymore. I think there's been a lot of closure on my behalf that Jackie Chan has had. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I can't even think. I know that someone once congratulated me for a show of mine that they'd absolutely not seen and I couldn't work out who they were mistaking me for. But the weirdest one I've had was Shapik or Sandy. Oh, let me tell you just one. It was after the Funny Women competition that I wasn't even in. It was the year after I'd been in it. And a Greek girl, and I can't remember her name, went up and did a sketch five minutes of sketch with her sketch partner and it didn't go down so well they'd gone down well in every other kind of round but it didn't go down so well and the head of a very well-known comedy production company came up to me after the results had been announced and you know they hadn't got anything Kate kind of beelined for me and went so are you going to carry on doing comedy wow and I was like yes because I just didn't click I didn't know she'd mistaken me for this person she went oh okay well I just thought you did better when you did stand up on your own I was like whoa um thank you because I had done stand up on my own so she got she just watched her and assumed that I'd come back a second time and she hated it enough to come and tell me shut up go away I'm not represented by them 
<laughs> wow, that's weird. Yeah. That's, thanks for the unsolicited meanness. <laughs> yeah. Stupid bitch. Hey, I just, oh, I just, hang on, hang on. I just came over to say you're, you're shit. You're so shit, man. <laughs> we open the film, Robin Williams' job is being Robin Williams. That's the best thing. <laughs> he is. He just, it's like, wait, what? It's like, I do, vo- I do voices. He does, it's a, it's like a Tweety Bird cartoon that he's doing the voiceover for in real time, every single character (laughs) with a director who apparently thinks that you can't just cut audio and then just cut back into audio. Hates his ad lib. Hates his ad lib. He doesn't ad lib. This is like 10 minutes of, of seamless opera singing and then six different characters and blah, blah, blah. We're just doing 100% Robin Williams. Who out of us three, when the film started, did either internally or externally go, Figaro. Figaro. <laughs> <laughs> <At> you. <laughs> me. Just me. I thought that I'd be able to quote along the whole film, but actually that was all I really had. It just started and I went, Figaro. <laughs> I really thought I could do all the musical numbers. I did quite well with the raptor raps later on, uh-huh. the whole dinosaur singing bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he, like you said, Sophie, he has a real problem with the fact that one of the characters is smoking. Yeah. It? Has, yeah. a, has a cigarette shoved into there. And this is the most morals he has for the whole film. <laughs> Yes, like moment. You think it's this film about this like woke dad, and then it's like, yeah. oh no, just just smoking, which it's he compromises not... later on in the film, yeah. quite crucially. Yeah, and also like a scene later is joking with his son about having strippers at his twelfth birthday party. Yeah, <laughs> so very well thought out that one. Well, yeah, and also he does a Gandhi impression. Yes. Then I've got to do what I've got to do. He's got, um, I mean, we might as well just go straight into it. The whole thing is predicated on him doing voices and us just very much in the way of like coming to America is just a showcase of Eddie Murphy doing stuff that Eddie Murphy can do. It's just like, oh, what do we love Robin Williams doing? Let's do a montage of him doing these voices in three different scenarios. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved him doing voices. I thought that that's how you made cartoons. Just one guy doing all the voices. Yeah. Once. (laughs) Yeah, he just knows the lip syncing so well as well perfect but um this is the first time i've ever had a problem with robin williams voices yeah same what do you mean well i've watched i've I've seen the film quite a few times i've heard robin williams accents (laughs) (laughs) he's done lots of characters you know for many many years and i know what you mean emily stuff like I'm doing impression of a Cuban woman because I got my long nails and this is what Cuban women sound yeah. like and look like. Yeah. And I, I was mean, like, huh. My biggest problem with his voices comes a bit later on and this is skipping ahead, but it's on the same theme. So I'm going to go for it. Um, so if you mentioned he's doing lots of different voices to get the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he's already spoken like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> he has to turn up as her. But all the people that he rings up as, as kind of frauds that are, she's going to be put off by, the mum is going to be put off by, they're all foreign voices. Mm. They're yeah. all voices. That... One of them, he's going, I am Job. I am Job. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, do you speak English? It's not going to work out. 
Yeah. Which, you know, fair enough, whatever, but... But then I was like, wow, I would have never, ever noticed without watching it with these podcast eyes on that actually all the voices that are the stupid let's put you off because these people can't do the job voices are not UK voices, I guess, or no. American yeah, or, or like Yeah, or like standard American voices. Yeah. It would have been weird if they were all British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, the, the, one, the one way this film could have legitimized itself was to have lots of regional British accents. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so yeah, I had a problem. And then I have a big problem with something at the end, but I'll come to that in a bit. But going back to the start a bit, what do you guys think, Sophie, what do you think of the party? Oh, yeah, okay. He yeah. throws the kid a party and mum had said no parties. Yeah, because of his report. Because of his report. Not for no reason, she said it. Yeah. Not just because she's an evil, miserable woman in a dark coloured suit. When I watched this as a child, though, I was like, who's that bitch? Really? <laughs> really? Oh, I was like, she's an evil. I was like, she's an evil woman. Um, so irrational. Um, I think the party is cool. Are we allowed to say it's a, it's a cool party? Yeah. The party's got a lot of shit. He was like, I'll clear it. I was going to clear it up before you got home. You, you've got a horse in the house. <laughs> At least one horse in the house. I was also thinking like... Why are they all in the front garden? Do you have a back garden? Yeah, if you don't have a back garden, garden you probably... What if a horse runs out in the road and gets hit by a car? It's going to be traumatising for... Any of those animals. The horse and for the driver. Yeah. Also, at that party, where did all those kids come from? Those unattended kids? I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the <laughs> kids. parents have just dropped off their kids and been like, we'll fuck off now. <laughs> oh, it is a house full of goats. <laughs> Happy, my children for a little happy while. Happy 12th birthday, son. Here are some six-year-old children dancing all over our living room. Yeah. That but th- that brings me to my issue, I think, with Robin Williams's overall character in the show, Daniel Hillard, in the mm. show, in the film. It's the... I just had so much sympathy for Sally Field because he's obviously just another child yes to look after for yeah. her and he doesn't understand why quitting his job and just throwing a party wrecking the house blah 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 doesn't seem to realize it's causing his wife any stress and then it leads on to what he does what he actually does being mrs doubtfire where you're like why don't you just do that then the risk reward ratio is so <laughs> off here <laughs> i think i think he's actually quite like nasty in the start because mm. he's all like, I don't, I don't understand. Don't, don't get mad. I don't understand why you're going to get mad. But then when they're fighting, I think because they want to be like, this is dramatic. This is what divorce looks like. He's like, yeah. stop going out at me. You're, you're always like, and I was like, you're being quite mean. It's so yeah. weird watching it. Because he feels justified, yeah. I think. When we were younger and watching it, and you're right, Sophie, you'd be like, but he's loads of fun. And weirdly, it did remind me a lot of the setup of it before Mrs. Doubtfire. did remind me a lot of my childhood because I used to think my funny dad who would always you know if my mum sent me off to tidy my room he'd always come up making jokes and helping me tidy and we've talked about this Anna quite a lot yeah, haven't we yeah 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 uh, but then I grew up and only in the last few years I'm like fuck he was undermining her she, all she was trying to do was teach me some boundaries but you look like the bad guy you look like the bad guy I look like the bad yeah, guy yeah exactly if you have to if you don't have that united front then mum is always yeah. you know in that scenario she's always going to be I bought a birthday cake, you bought a petting zoo. 
it's world weird of... understanding that as an adult woman, you know? Yeah. yeah. And actually, as you watch the whole film, I'm like, Sally Field is doing an incredible so job. Good. Of basically letting things slide and being actually quite cool. <laughs> because Mrs. Doubtfire As says, she is gaslit by her ex-husband. <laughs> dressed as a woman. <laughs> yeah. And she's always just like, oh, I'm just going to let that slide. Just gonna, Everything's fine. That's quite problematic, but I'll just get on with it because <laughs> I want my family to do well. Mm-hmm. I know. <sighs> and if he's able, as Mrs. Doubtfire... The minute he walks in... To occasionally... These are the rules and these are the rules you're going to follow if you're going to be under my care. Could you not have done a little bit of this? Oh, my God. Anyway, (laughs) I mean, I just have... Why does it always take some huge montage-worthy situation for for a man to pull his socks up? No offence, guys. I'm just saying, cinematically, that's what we're often presented with. Do you think this was one of the first films that dealt with divorce like that because this was late 90s right it was early 90s early 90s early 90s and i wondered how you know there's obviously kramer versus kramer but that's my only (laughs) (laughs) i think i don't know i did have parents that got divorced but i watched this before they got divorced i was like it doesn't apply to me (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh god um it felt like it thought it was being quite daring Mm. Like there's a like the end bit. There's a story from a little a little girl whose parents yes. are getting divorced and she's worried about it. And it's kind of framed around. It kind of feels quite radical that in the parent trap, which was later. No, it was earlier, but then it was later mm-hmm. with Lindsay Lohan. They do get back together. Spoiler! Yeah. spoiler. I don't think you meant to say it after you've done the spoiler. <laughs> you, in your face, spoiler. Were you quite satisfied that they didn't get back together? I think it would have been incredibly problematic for them to get back together. It would have been really damaging for everyone concerned. Especially with him going to jail for stalking and attempted murder. Yeah. (laughs) We'll come to that. Yes, yeah. But I think it does feel like it's dealing with, and it's based on a book, it does feel like it's dealing with divorce in the new era of divorce where it feels like the 90s was when you start, people started being able to like get divorced. Do you know what I mean? Is that yeah, am I making it, sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it kind of embraced the it's okay to get divorced and kids will be okay. Yeah. yeah like yeah. this is a blueprint for how a healthy divorce might look like. <laughs> Obviously it's not because it's mad. <laughs> this is the template for how we get to a stable <laughs> respectful non-traumatizing imagine them in therapy like later on. oh my god that i mean we we'll get to it Him but that's all blood that fire <laughs> <laughs> that pact he makes with his kids that i think if anyone says the words it's our little secret they should immediately be locked up every child flags go up i was like you can't say that oh i mean <clears throat> but can i just sorry i have to go back to it again yeah. but Three months. Yeah. The court says, rightly so, the court says, you don't have a job. You don't have anywhere to live. You can't have custody of your children just yet because where would you put them? How would you feed them? <laughs> In three months, 90 days, you know, get a job. The judge is very chill. He's yeah. like, get a job. And it's not like you can't see your kids at all. You see them on Saturdays. Just get somewhere to live. He is willing to, before that review comes, where he'll could get joint custody of his kids in perpetuity, (laughs) jeopardise it with this absolutely guaranteed to fail. (laughs) Madcap idea. From the first day, she could have been like, Daniel, 
and pulled <laughs> off his mask and been like, well, you're an insane person. You're never seeing also, your kids again. you've been married to him and listening to his voices for 14 years. And I you think he must tell. have done that voice before. Yeah. Yeah. And his, his phraseology, like the constant scattergun jokes oh look at that oh would you oh like you know as he oh you must have to remortgage your house to be a membership here and all it's like it's a hundred percent what he's already doing as a person yeah yeah so weird it's a thin disguise really a thin thin disguise also um i just want to give a little tiny shout out to the fact that him and his five-year-old daughter have the same haircut <laughs> his haircut is horrifying his fringe and mara's fringe oh. are the same fringe and that was one of my highlights of the movie if i'm honest <laughs> i thought it was weird how unsexual he was yeah but then for basically the whole thing like, i mean obviously like he how? shouldn't have been sexual but it was fine that he was clearly not exciting his wife at all yeah the thing is what do you mean no i want to know what you mean oh because she's so into Pierce Brosnan as soon as she shows up <laughs> well no i think i actually was a bit like I can see why Sally Field is into this. But like, yeah. I think I actually, I read, I watched a very interesting documentary called Disclosure on Netflix. Have either of you seen it? I haven't seen it. No. It's about basically trans representation in the media, in Hollywood and stuff. Yes. Um, and there's lots of imperfect representations because there, there are characters that aren't openly trans, obviously, or like uh, it's drag, but it's sort of the first thing that trans people had as a sort of representation of what it might be like. And for black comedians, there was this sort of rite of passage that in order to be mainstream, you had to do drag, like uh-huh. Jamie Foxx and like uh, the Wine Brothers. And it kind of like in doing drag, you kind of make yourself like less of a threat. A, 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 th- a sexual threat. You make yourself less of a sexual threat. You make yourself less of a like virile yeah. man. Yeah. And he already was clearly like, I'm a sad sex child dude. But like he never. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just writing down the sad title of this podcast. <laughs> He's I'm a sad sad child dude, and then he would kind of like, but he never like when he was Daniel, he never sort of was like romantic or like intimate or anything with his wife. He never, he didn't even seem to be interested in her as a sort of sexual romantic object. He was just like, you'll be fun if you take a holiday. Hundred percent. And it's so weird. Like he talks to he he bargains with her like a child in that scenario yeah Mm -hmm. don't break up i promise i'll be good right um Mm -hmm. why don't we just run away all this but then later on i have to say i did find it quite it was creepy uh, creepy when he you know like he's at there at the cabana or the thing and he's macking on some hot blonde 90s girl as mrs doubtfire but drinking again why is he there why is he compromising himself by getting pissed it doesn't make sense massively but problematic he does do a really creepy he does it twice in the film it, where he yeah. checks out women in a really horrible kind of you know that undressing with your eyes kind of way and you're like but you've just set up this endearing sad sack man child yeah <laughs> and and it's then he he also then as which is just such a betrayal of trust as mrs doubtfire is like how was Daniel in bed? Yeah, which is so... Ooh. Ooh. You're Ooh, not it's... party to that information. There's so much. There's so much of him gaslighting her. 
and being so emotionally manipulative. But that's what I really love. When he um, is in the restaurant and it's all revealed that it's him after his mad Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, two places at once showdown. As defined, Mrs. Doubtfire, as defined by Sophie Duca, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Miss, yeah. when he's Mrs. Doubtfiring the verb. Um, but when it's all revealed the way she responds i think she acts it so you can just see it all going through cycling through her brain yeah and uh i almost didn't want her because she kind of apologizes for it you know in the court she lets things go and he's like you let this happen you did this and i'm like oh my god you're a nasty prick of a man yeah at the (laughs) end when he when they're on the soundstage and and he's like it's all your fault that i dressed up as a woman instead of just getting a job and cleaning up my apartment (laughs) which by the way he already had a job it's your fault i tried to murder (laughs) your boyfriend But I think they have this whole thing where, like, if you drink in a 90s film, I mean, I don't think you can completely blame it on that. His personality, he only ever really is lechy oh, when he's yeah. drunk. That is And true. he only tries to kill Piers Brosnan <laughs> that when is he's with, drunk. Hang on. The way he tries to kill Piers Brosnan as well. First we'll of all, Piers Brosnan, but chew your prawns. Why is there a whole prawn down your throat? <laughs> An untouched prawn. And also, it's an allergic reaction. The Heimlich ain't going to sort this one out. <laughs> He's choking because the whole prawn flies out. So it has nothing to do with the pepper because otherwise yeah. he'd be in anaphylactic shock. Yeah. Do we understand what <laughs> no, allergies maybe are? Maybe that's the only reason he no. didn't get done for murder because he wasn't ale- allergic. He's just said, I'm allergic to pepper. And he's like, this kind of pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, no, no, not that kind of pepper at all. <laughs> Lucky for you, he doesn't chew. So, And then afterwards, they do like this weird, like, cool bro, fist bump. I love that, <laughs> though. So I can't help it. I actually thought his Brosnan did, like, a really nice level of straight man with a little little sprinkle a little sesame seed sprinkle of comedy chops on top uh-huh. he's got a few nice little comedy bits yeah. but i do think he's a, he's a bit of a babe in this I film i forgot he was in it you know what i don't know how but i forgot he was in it so that was he's really so pleasant handsome. for me so handsome his hair is such a chestnutty shiny <laughs> Except there is a bit where he gets out of the pool when he's done that really unnecessary dive at the cabana when he takes them and he gets yeah. out. Do you think he's just been waiting there on top of the dive? <laughs> hi, kids. Hi. Oh, you're here. <laughs> a queue of 75 people behind him. Oh, there you are. So he does his dive and he climbs out the pool and his hair is so Lego. It's like someone's let him. He looks like an otter. He does Aww. look like an otter. Sexy but an otter that I would sit on sorry would you is that what you'd say after you sat on him so, yeah. sorry sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> I say i'm nine months pregnant so you are dead but i'm sitting on your face <laughs> this kind of pepper <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd say. oh dear me <sighs> so oh actually look side note Pierce mm. Brosnan is pretty much a stand-up dude. I didn't think he would be, but I got into a little weird Wikipedia scroll hole about him a little while ago. Uh, good guy. Also an artist. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. What's he up to now? Do you know? Haven't seen uh, him he's got while. quite a few things coming out, I think. Maybe I that's say. why I ended up in the in the clickbait well, spiral. It was, I'm looking back on Mrs. Doubtfire now, and I was kind of like, flag, flag, when there were things. I'm like, that's transphobic, and that's a really... Yeah. Uh, especially when he is ex- when he's exposed to his son, the way they deal with that, yeah, and it's such a small moment. I was like, wow, they really went in hard on. Oh no, I don't enjoy dressing like this. Why would you know? That's yeah, not a man. Yeah, yeah. Come and come and give me a hug. 
no, I don't want to. Okay, I get it. It's a guy thing. It's a guy thing. He's yeah. really creeped out, which I totally get because yeah. this old woman is your dad, yeah. but not on the level that they seem to be expressing it. But I think what is really, what's really insidious about it and what I was like quite scared to pick another film that I could have picked. Um, Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'll be able to say anything oh, positive about that film. And Honestly, yeah, I, Sophie, we, we have Ace Ventura on the list, but we just can't bring ourselves to it, do it. I think it was the first one on the list. Yeah, it was. Oh, God. We've had it on there as like at the top, but we just I can't bring ourselves so to do it. I loved it so much as a kid. I just, I don't think I can even rewatch it. I mm. mean, I, it's, it's, I think ugh, the thing that's so insidious about it is that if you if you watch Disclosure, you'll see that it's kind of like quite subtle, but it just does teach you what your reaction should be. Oh, yeah. And like it teaches kids that like, I mean, like the consequence for being like discovered if you are different is basically like violence. He's like, I'm going to get my tennis racket. We're going to like beat this guy to death. Call like, 911. That, that's a bit of an extrapolation, but like the first thing is violence. Like as soon as he's discovered, it teaches you that your reaction should be like disgust and yeah. like to attack and that's just so ooh. you get it on the other end as well with the old guy real real quick shout out to the classic 80s and 90s hollywood trope where there's always the old guy who runs the big business who spots a little spark of something in this completely unqualified person oh, oh yeah it's, it's a toy store it's a toy company it's a mall it's a TV station. Always a guy. You've, you've caught someone playing with some dinosaurs. Give that man a job. I mean, what? Yeah. Give that white man a job. <laughs> exactly. Hollywood really does perpetuate this thing of like, if you're enough of a stupid child, some old rich white guy will give you a job oh for God. no reason. Anna, that is actually, that is such a theme in so many of the things that we've reviewed. And I had, yeah. you know... We're not yeah. even that deep into it yet. No, we're not even deep. But he is so... It's such a boys club thing, isn't it? It's the yeah, double scotches. The way scotches. he gets the job is unreal. Yeah. And he's... But when they're he in the... the interview and he still gets it. Yeah, they're in Bridges and... <laughs> the restaurant. Sorry, the restaurant, the favourite restaurant. But are you wearing ladies perfume? Are you wearing lipstick? He gets out of it by being <gasps> like, oh, yeah. yeah, I bumped into an ex-girlfriend. She couldn't keep her hands off me. Oh, has she got a friend you can hook me up with? Has she got a friend for me? Go and ask her, quick. Go an 80-year-old, an 80-year-old man. <laughs> that um, really sick. It's a drunk 80-year-old man yeah. she's never met before. And I'll give you a job. <laughs> but he, when he comes back as Mrs. Doubtfire to the table, accidentally, as you say, it's not like the kid who's going... Call 911, get the tennis racket. But there is a feeling of potential violence in the way that the yeah. old guy, Mr. Lundy, it is going... It suddenly turns really nasty. What yeah. the fuck is going on here? You're dressed as a woman. What the and fuck? And I feel like they could have, in those, those defined moments that we've just spoken about, very easily, because yes, if you discover your this old woman is your dad, there is going to be a level of shock and horror. But the comments and the lines, the dialogue was really unnecessary. And like you say, Sophie, goes straight to aggression. I feel like I don't know if we can get... I don't know if I can give it a pass for when it was when it was made. I think it's really interesting in that bit when he's like the joke they make right before is like does does your ex girlfriend have a girlfriend? And Robin Williams is like I don't know. It's the nineties. Nineties. <laughs> the yeah. early nineties. 
And it's like, they clearly think because of the way time works that they're living in like the most progressive, you know, fun, interesting period, but they can't even really talk about people being gay. Yeah. Even at the end of the film, when they're talking about all the different kinds of families that exist, they don't. Yes. <laughs> like, some straight people are by themselves and some straight people are in families. <laughs> some yeah. people <laughs> live with the brothers and sisters of their straight people. Yeah, but everybody's cis and white, okay? <laughs> so don't worry. There's so... The Mrs. Doubtfire Instagram account, this is what I read the other night, uh, well, last night, the Mrs. Doubtfire Instagram account, like the official fan page or whatever, put an Instagram post up in solidarity with, I believe, uh, I may be wrong here, but Black Trans Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And so Ooh. it was, yeah, saying we stand by, you know, we will always stand by. There's a by. Mrs. Doubtfire Instagram account. How yeah, curious. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's mad that that is and still being updated. Yeah, mad that it's still being updated, but we stand by, we are allies, we've always got your back to our, to our gay, bisexual, trans friends. And obviously people were angry with that but not for the reason that it's being posted by a film which was quite transphobic actually but more that they're like we follow this for Mrs Doubtfire updates (laughs) not for politics (laughs) brilliant thank you fans for being fuming for all the wrong reasons all the wrong reasons also why are you following it for Mrs Doubtfire updates it's done Well, that was a thing. So I was looking up a little bit and there was, I think in Seattle, a Mrs. Doubtfire musical. That was quite recent, yes. 2019. And obviously it was, you know, it starts somewhere small and they try and make it a big thing. But uh, one article that I read was sort of saying, but does it work now? Because essentially the punchline of the whole film is man in a dress. Mm. Mm. That is when you boil it all down. It's just man in a dress because, yeah, I don't know how it tra- how it can translate in any yeah, other when, way. Especially when, especially in a musical, the physical comedy will be when we use the verb doubt firing. That will be the funny thing. Him getting his boobs and getting his... Why does he need to wear a bra over his fake boobs? You can make those <laughs> as buoyant as you want. <laughs> Yeah. He just, he li- I think he likes it. He's loving it. He clearly, he clearly <laughs> likes it. <laughs> How do you feel, Sophie, about him in the drag? Mm. I think it's everyone's trying to like pass the like guy that drives the bus that he gets on. Who's like, yeah. hey, <laughs> you're an old lady. I'm an old man. What's cooking? He's just kind I of like, like that Mediterranean look in a woman. Oh, that's a really good impression, bro. <laughs> He's just you. Do, you do when voices. he sees the hairy legs. <laughs> she does voices. Very problematic. Voices. He doesn't say I'm an actor. He says I do voices. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, can you know? Can you describe what your job has been? Quite a like, telling way of how Robin Williams saw himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just do voices. I just speak. But he's just kind of like, oh, this guy's creepy, and it's like, no, he's just a. He's a lonely guy, and you're being like a, a nice woman. It's sort of. But I think, oh, I just. It almost feels quite radical for an old man to be like, this is an age-appropriate woman that I find attractive. Even though she's, you know, it's not like Lydia, the daughter, is getting on and he's like, hey, little girl. (laughs) At one point, somebody says that you dressed up as a 60-year-old, I think it's the judge at the end, dressed up as a 60-year-old English woman. First of all, she's not English. Second of all, (laughs) 60? (laughs) 60? That's offensive to a lot of 60-year-olds. She's ancient. What are you talking she's, about? She's the oldest. She's so old. My mum just turned 60 and would be horrified. 60-year-olds are doing Zumba out here. 
<laughs> we're talking about 60. 60 year olds were a lot older in the early 90s, Anna. That's true. Do you remember? That's, that's not true. That's how we thought anyway. Yeah, maybe like the, 18, the yeah. 1890s. They were. <laughs> Can I tell you my, my biggest problem that caught me right at the end? The biggest problem for me, it really caught me off guard because like I said, he's done all these voices. At the end, when he gets his own TV show as Mrs. Doubtfire... And he's with the puppet. Did you clock the Pakistani joke? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. What? So he says, what language do you think they speak in? Is it England? In England. In England, yeah. And the puppet takes a a beat and says, Pakistani. And Robin Williams says, in a lot of stores, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Why? Why is that joke in there? It's one of the last jokes. But there's a few like that. He tries to cover his face. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not a Muslim. Not a Muslim. It's just, that's the thing again about voices. We've kind of talked about this before, but like anything where you're having to lean heavily on a stereotype momentarily. Didn't have to. I think that's my problem. He didn't. (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) Never had to. (laughs) But that's, I think that's my thing, Anna, because it wasn't uh, in the voices He's doing, and I quote unquote, voices. But this one, he's not doing a voice. He's just. It's just a racist joke. It's just a racist joke. It's just ha ha corner shops. Also, UK's corner shop joke is very niche for the audience that it went out to. I think the American Apu is an indication of that same kind of South Asians running corner shops, that kind of thing. Or not corner corner stores. I don't know what you call them. Well, this is it. That's how woke you are. You don't even know the word for the racist thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the word for shops in America. American listeners, if Um, you could uh, call in. But it really caught me off guard because I... So Robin Williams, I absolutely idolise. And it was one of the first... When he died, it was one of the first celebrity deaths that really kind of made me very upset. And I think Mm. it's because he's a comedian and he was so sad and there was so much going on. Uh, There's something really, really struck very hard with me and I really, really love the man. So it's very hard to watch his work and go, oh, no, no, I never saw these things. There's there's kind of one of those things where I wish I never rewatched it. Leave it alone. Yeah, that's why I don't want to watch Ace Ventura because I (laughs) love Jim Carrey for that. For that same reason, I'm just like, but I love him. Uh, So uh, just out of interest. What was the first celebrity death that really affected you? Because I, as soon as you said that, Emily, I was like, oh, I remember which one my one was. Oh, that really affected me. I mean, I remember when Princess Diana died and it didn't that affect me. That was my me. 13th birthday. <laughs> it didn't affect you. She died on your birthday. your 13th birthday. Little Emily Lloyd saying it's 13th birthday. <sighs> Scene steal. It was, it was every, everyone was upset and not... And well, I was like, can I open my presents? Please. I'm a teenager. I'm a teenager. But but you said, did you say that didn't affect you or it did? No, because I kind of, my mum went me on and was like, Princess Diana's dead. And I was like, okay. Okay, it's Emily's birthday, so. <laughs> it's Emily's birthday, so <laughs> I'm waiting to meet her and then be invited <laughs> retrospectively <laughs> to her birthday. And then Prince, was it who, was it Mother Teresa or yeah. Princess Diana that died and first? Mother Teresa died a few days later, but she didn't get any I, spotlight. I was like, everybody's dying. But I think I knew who Mother Teresa was and not really princess diana because why would i i mean i i think yeah anyway don't need to drag two two dead women <laughs> but i was like that was the first time when i was aware of people dying who were celebrities yeah i think the most notable one was probably amy winehouse i think mm. i remember being really but i mean people had died before them hey 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 hey, hey. that's what people say but we don't know for sure 
<laughs> unproven allegedly people had died no that was that was big as well that was a really big yeah. one that was i think in my life where i was like i'm very sad about this and i think i felt like i shouldn't be oh i think but any was, normal it, person thinks that they shouldn't be in sort of stealing someone's you're like they're not my person but yeah i felt like that about amy winehouse what was yours anna Aaliyah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. When Aaliyah died, I remember just, I really remember, I was a big fan of hers and then just being like, but no, she's so, she's so young and beautiful and she just made that film with Jet Li. And I think something about, yeah, sorry, this is getting quite morbid, isn't it? But like on a plane, (laughs) it just feels so, so like sort of Buddy Holly and even with Kobe recently, it's just like, no, that's not a thing that really happens in real life. Just feels unreal, you know? The thing with Robin Williams is those eyes, those because he can play comedy but he's so so vulnerable and I think that's what re-watching it I'm like oh it's like you can you can really see that real sadness in his eyes but then the one thing that really undermined that apart from the Pakistani joke at the end in the court in the end he does this closing statement quite like his statement at the start like don't take my kids because the judge has called out his behavior says that he needs some psychological treatment which isn't wrong all of this is really very fair yeah yeah it's very very fair this closing statement and he does not because he calls himself out for some of it and he is called out for a lot of it does not mention what he has put his ex-wife through Mm -hmm. there is no apology for stalking his family there's a bit in the film where he says this is beyond obsession i'm like oh so you know then yes yes a hundred percent that bit rang in my ears as well so i was like why are you here at a play date a date what is going on Go away. Yeah. Oh. Also, freak. his kids know that it's him, but they're still just playing with their mum's new boyfriend in the pool. Ouch. Also, what 14-year-old girl is not like, fuck off, dad. You're <laughs> yeah. embarrassing me. What are you doing? Go You're away. You're dressed as an old woman. You're drunk. I felt quite uncomfortable when she runs out. Because she's she's a good kid. Somehow, these kids are like quite well adjusted. Mm. She runs out and is like, thank you for making my mum so happy. This is the happiest I've seen her in, what, the five minutes she's been home? <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps touching her which for some reason it might not just be a COVID thing but he keeps touching her cheek I was like you've met this kid you've known him one day stop touching someone else's I mean it is his kid yeah. but I was just like you can't just t- like." so many lines are transgressed because he's playing a woman she could have gone to him and gone I've just got my period can you help me do, do you know what I mean like there could be so many things of like I like this boy blah 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 he's already proven that he can't be trusted to play the part as a supportive bystander you know like actually be Mrs Doubtfire when the wife is trying to get together with somebody or say Mrs Doubtfire if I did this and did, did that you know what what did you do with Mr Doubtfire he can't just stay out of it no, so what if she I came over and like, again. I, I think never did yeah what if she went to him and said, I'm thinking about sleeping with my boyfriend or I had a dream. You know, any of the things that you might confide to a trusted it's older a huge, woman. Huge betrayal of trust that he never really gets reprimanded or called out for. You know, she could have happily been like getting undressed in front of her. Any of those things. Also, oh. when Mrs. Doubtfire happens, we never see the weekends. Are they still with their dad at the weekends? Because he gets to see them. <laughs> also, so you can cook them lobster. In when you're dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire, but you're so impressed with making spaghetti one time. I can cook now. It's spaghetti and tomato sauce, Robin. Fuck's sake. <laughs> 
Have you um like this is this is really fantastic. Also the, the first meal she makes them that gourmet I mean she doesn't make it, she gets it from the gourmet restaurant. It's just like sludge. Yeah. It's just like yeah, pure. It's like crudités and hummus. <laughs> I don't know, it's like a hundred and four. I think in the nineties hummus was a, a big thing. Big thing. Multicolored Blending hummus. Chickpeas. I couldn't help myself. My logical brain was like, where's he put the rubbish? Yes. Oh yeah, I did yes. think. Is that. it in his Mary Poppins carpet bag? Because how is he going to dispose of, of it? I think it's really telling as well, like again, Sally Field does such a great job that like you say, Emily. She's been home for five minutes and the girl runs out and is like, you've made my mom really happy. It really is that simple. This woman is killing herself trying to support a family of four, five, Mm. sorry. She's been the sole breadwinner in this scenario. And because of the traditional gender roles, it's not like she's Don Draper and she goes out, she works hard, she comes home and her partner has been looking after the kids or sorted any food or anything it's the same with my mum she did mm-hmm. everything yeah. full-time yeah. work studied for a degree two kids under five food on the table every single night yeah like of course she she walks in she's like oh my god you've cooked dinner she looks like she's gonna cry yeah yeah when she gets made the tea she looks like she's gonna cry she's just, she's just like oh th- thank you yeah those are things that we absolutely would not have noticed back then but I think she plays it so well I think she plays it incredibly because there was no part of me this time that goes what a shrew no the opposite yeah she's actually you can see yeah, I was like uh, this hurts so much and she's free from this guy for they are playing it that way it's being shown that way where she's not god this is so hard i don't know what i'm going to do without daniel she's like oh finally one of my kids has flown the nest the worst most difficult one to handle the scene that she has when she explains to him he says what was so bad about this daniel fellow and she explains and just says i'm better without him i'm a better version of myself without him i loved that scene I really, really loved it. I thought yeah. it was really sensitively done. And it was just, that was one of my favourite bits of writing in the whole film. They're good together, aren't they? What do you mean? Robin and Robin and Sally. The scenes with them are good. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant as a couple. I was like, no, yeah, Annie, yeah. you've missed the point of the film. <laughs> You're like, Miranda <laughs> and Daniel, girls. Once you marry, just stay married. Yeah, they, no, they're really good together. But just, and you see his old, old sad eyes. Yeah. Old sad eyes taking it in. Because the scene when mm. they do the, when she says, I want a divorce. Oh, that's such a I was, I wrote down, still mm. traumatising. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like... <laughs> still hard. Oh. We should change the name of the podcast, Anna, or do a new one. That's called Still Traumatized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so have any of you two had any experience of nannies or nannying? I have been a not mm. a na- not a nanny, uh-huh. but a babysitter. Because a nanny is yeah. like a proper <laughs> nanny is like a proper thing. I've just looked after kids. But I have when I was living in Ghana, but it's not really the same thing. It's okay, we'll take it. Go on, give us the Ghanaian version. But so basically one of my aunties, basically, in the still traumatised vein, when I was very little, um, my parents were like, you're going on holiday to Ghana. And then I got to Ghana and they were like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to work. Bye forever, Sophie. Uh, Not forever, just for a couple of years. They're like, we're going to work in the UK and make some money. So I live with my grandma. How old were you? Four. Four years. Is that the age of Mara Wilson in this film? One year younger, but very close. One year younger. I was probably as precocious as, as she was at four. I love you for that. Gosh, yeah. That's like sending your kid off to boarding school to its real extreme conclusion. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just like, bye. Um, but they like came to visit and stuff, but I was definitely traumatized. Sure. But um, there was like a, 
by basically my auntie, who's not actually my auntie. I don't have time to go into it, but we're she Asian. We understand. Kind of like <laughs> specifically took care of me and my little brother when we were in Ghana. But I just think it's such an important. Basically, like that person is really like I think maybe like an older sister to me. Like she's my auntie, but it's like a really strong feels like immediate family connection. Yeah. And I think people who are like live in au pairs or like nannies that are consistently with families, that role is like, you really have to trust that person. They become so important, especially when you're a child, which is why that it's, you know, macabre and disgusting that it was basically (laughs) fake here. There's a whole thing, isn't there? I think with the upper classes in the UK and America, certainly 50 years ago, for example, just being much more close with the quote unquote help yeah. Mm. Because those were the people who would be like, oh, you've got a boo-boo. Come here, I'll g- sit on my knee and I'll give you a kiss. And your mum and dad were the people who would be like, go into the nursery and wash your face and hands. You're going downstairs to see your mother, you know. Yeah, it was more mm. formal. Formal with the parents and yeah. nanny brought them up. I had, um, there was a lady called Monica. who. So I had a childminder called Esther. Basically, there were lots of like tiny, stern Irish women in my youth including my grandma. But Monica was like this tiny, she was like, if if a Jack Russell was a woman, um, (laughs) she was this little wiry (laughs) Irish woman. And she would collect us from school, like walk us back home, because my mum and dad both worked, give us some toast and hang around for a couple of hours, kind of in the way that is being proposed with Mrs. Doubtfire. But, uh-huh. but not in the mm-hmm. cooking, cleaning, proper nanny kind of way, more just, we know this woman at church who said she'll walk you home, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But she had all of these, I'd get the pink thing. It was pink uh-huh. to make the boys wink, oh. you know, oh. that kind of thing. And oh. I was just like... <laughs> oh, what, she had little sayings or she just had loads of pink things? Little sayings like... The only time I've ever heard pink to make the boys wink is a, a radio advert for a gay club we used to go to in Liverpool. That's <laughs> exactly what... Yeah, when you say it now, I'm like... Huh. Yeah. I did you know I used to be a nanny did you oh yeah when I first got to London do you know how I got my job Gumtree oh god did I have any experience no I absolutely blagged it and I did do a bit of a doubtfire in that they asked me what I'd cook and I just listed off I was like meat and two veg <gasps> I'm a real believer in meat and two veg. I think I told them that I brought my brought my brother up. Oh wow! Oh my god! My half brother who I like see visitation rights. <laughs> you know, I see him like I see. I used to see him at the weekends, but then obviously I was in London, and they gave me the job, and we got on really well. I got on. There was a seven year old boy and a three year old girl, and that's I a handful as well. Three months. It really was. and But I was sh- job sharing with another nanny. And um, I remember once the boy saying to me, do you know why you're our nanny? And I said, because oh. I came for a job and your mum gave me the job. And he went, mm, yeah. And the other lady said, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of, sorry to circle back to the, um, yeah. to the film, weirdly, but. I don't understand one of the foundational premises. She's like, I'm going to get a nanny. Miranda, the mum. I'm going to get a nanny. Mm -hmm. I need someone to look after the kids after school. Daniel's like, I want to do it. Let me do it so I can see the kids. And she's like, "Mm, I'll think about it. Yeah. He then changes the number. So she's not going to get any legitimate calls. It's only ever going to be him. Yeah. Why does he then give her 
an excellent candidate? Why doesn't he just keep calling with crappy candidates? Until there's no other choice but him. And then he can call her up, you know, he can tactically call her after one of them and be like, so have you found someone? She's like, no, and I really need somebody. Okay, you can come. Yeah. Instead, he's like... Would he have come and turned Dick Van, Dick Van Dyke off? No. Yeah. I know, I'm like, but what... Instead, you've created... And we can go like down the rabbit hole here and be like, it's almost as if he needed to find a way to access an ability to be an actual parent yeah. by dressing yeah. up. But he could only do that by being, by actually being a because woman. Because toxic masculinity. He couldn't just be like, I'm going to be a dad and not be fun. He just has to be fun dad all the time. So he can only do it if he's like wearing a weird mask being like, do your homework. Yes. And he's like, yeah. but I'm cool. Oh dear. Don't hate me. Exactly. Because they really... He couldn't have dealt with him standing there as Daniel and being like, you're not going to watch Dick Van Dyke or go no, upstairs. he can't punish them or discipline them as him. He clearly believes that the only reason they love him is because he does these wacky, stupid things. Anna, that's such a brilliant layer to peel off right near the end of the podcast. Bloody uh- <laughs> hell. I think that is the only reason they love him because he's clearly a bad he's a bit shit. A bad, bad, bad <laughs> parent. He's a bit shit. He's a bad parent and he's a bit of a prick and a smart ass. And a perv. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Daniel. Sophie, is there any burning question or, or about Mrs. Doubtfire or any burning theme that you need to get off your chest before we ask the question? I feel like, I feel like the kids, the weird, I'm really interested in Lydia and her so character. Because she's like the, the most oldest. And I do feel like the boy gets treated differently to the two. Like the, the baby's just like, I'm a baby. But like Lydia's like, a little version of her mum. Because why? Why do we think? Because when the mum's not around, she has to be mum, right? Because dad's not yeah. going to dad. Has to be mum. Forced into the role. Little wife. Yeah, that happens a lot. Oh, uh, I just think. I just think the kids. I think the kids are really interesting. I think all the kids are really good in it. Yeah, the kids are um, good. Which is nice for. Uh, and I like because Lydia could be the girl from Uncle Book. Uh, book <laughs> could be the girl. There's Nottingham. Could be the girl from Uncle Buck. That troubled teenager, just stroppy. But they give her more than that. You're right. It's interesting that they don't have, I guess because it would be too much, they'd either have to have one rebellious teenager or they can have three quite good kids. You can't have Mm. too much pulling focus from one of them. She's actually written books about, she quit when she was 22. She'd been in the business for 18 years. Who, the Lydia Lydia girl? Yeah. The Lydia, the Lydia girl. girl. The Lydia, the girl, the actress playing the girl playing Lydia. <laughs> but yeah, she's like struggled with depression and stuff like that and and anxiety and uh, but has written two what look like pretty good books about oh, right. her experience of it. Yeah, because I was also yeah. really curious. It's like anyone with hair that long must have problems. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as long as her so, body. Yeah. Her looking quite long at the moment. You all right? Uh, yeah, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm just, just sobbing into my chest as I'm breathing. <laughs> Anna, <sighs> any burning themes you need to get off your chest? No, for once. I am, I am sated. <laughs> She's clean out. Yeah. All right, well then, I'll ask the question. I'll ask Sophie first. Oh, no. Is Mrs. Thoughtfire uh, still legit? I've, okay, <laughs> I will answer this if this is what you want me to In do. This opinion, is the point. no pressure. Our friendship depends I... Think, I think it ain't full legit. Uh-huh. We didn't define the terms of legit. It's whatever you feel in your I heart. I think it. It's like legit, legit. Because like, I think <laughs> it's legit. It's legit. It's legit because it's still like enjoyable to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. We get this. We get this a lot. Don't with we, like just 
certain pangs of like, oh, this is really, oh, really gross. I just thought of the thing that was the burning question because that oh go on that kind of triggered me to remember it. It is yeah. interesting though that film is made almost twenty years ago. Yeah, and he's putting on different characters, different voices. He's a this, he's a that. Never blacks up at any point. Never blacks up, and that is like a notable exclusion. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of, I think I know. I think I know on. why he doesn't black up, but I don't think. It, I mean, I don't know why. Oh, but this is my here's my theory yes. on why he doesn't black up. He doesn't black up, and also there are so few people of color anywhere in the film, even as supporting characters. Zero, are they? I think the one person I saw was a black cameraman yes. that's falling oh, yeah, asleep. Oh yeah, that one guy. Actually, I did notice the two mainly two Chinese boys. The, the, there Chinese are East boys. Asian people. There's people falling asleep in the in the record when that dinosaur guy is doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's like two a, East Asian women, and then there's the boys at the window laughing at him when he's. Boys at the window, yeah. but but no one speaks. But there are remarkably <laughs> few, like because what would normally happen, and there's like a book about this, such a fun age about nannying, which is really such good, such a fun age, fun companion book? piece, such fun age, and it's about well, it's about many things, but about a uh, nanny who is a young woman of color. She's like tw- she's like Gen Z nannying for a rich white family. But the thing is that I think the whole film, in every way, all the way through, is trying to make out that Daniel, as a white man, is disenfranchised. So he's doing doing all the stuff like he's fulfilling this role that would probably be done by a woman of color in the like being the nanny he's like riding the bus home he's like quite like unsafe like a weird even his other job and like is probably a job traditionally done by a person of color yeah working in a packing plant stamping things for shipments. it's just like it's so hard because like there's one bit because i was thinking about his like financial motivation for doing it because he's like how much are you going to pay this person Mm -hmm. and she's like 300 dollars a week and then like he spends half of it on getting that gourmet dinner (laughs) like the first time it's almost like there's because they've taken away your doing voices job there are no like resources that are accessible to you Apart from the fact that you've got like an endlessly supportive family, a mother who wants you to come over, a brother who's like, you can stay anytime, even though you're obviously going to like out me by being here. He's got so many things he can fall back on, but he's like, no, I'm downtrodden. I need this more than I need anything else. But for there to be actual other nannies or like other working class people or other people of colour, that would completely undermine him being desperate and the desperation of his situation. He'd just be an entitled white man. That's so true. I mean, I think that is so true about a lot why there are no people of colour in the show and I would never have been able to... No, I'd have never even clocked it. That was like someone write their PhD on that. I don't think his kids have any friends who are people of colour. No, there were none of the kids who were bouncing boy on having, the... A young black lad having a great dance at the kids' party. I miss that kid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted more of him. But I also... That theory, which I think is right can exist alongside them because, I mean, look at Little Britain. Again, there's lots of these, like, disenfranchised characters that are all being played by these white guys. It does tread the line quite well almost 20 years ago. There's not any, like, horrifically, like, the Cuban woman, that bothered me a little bit. That's very sort of, this is what a Latina woman looks like with the long nails. Perpetuating some stereotypes for, yeah. But overall... Mm. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see a version of this film where Mrs. Doubtfire is black and he's blacked up the whole film or, you know, one of those characters 
Like one one of the montage characters would have been black, and they obviously mm. someone was like, "That's not okay." Um, yeah. Sorry, it's twenty seven yeah, yeah, yeah. years. I can't do maths. Twenty seven. I've been years. saying I've been doing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, Nearly short circuit years. two was made after. Was it after? Or yeah, before? I think so. This is a bit yeah. of a benchmark for us, Sophie. Don't know if you ever this, watched yeah, that. Short Circuit 2 is our benchmark for... I don't know Short Circuit. 80s, 80s passes for browning up. No. Of a white man playing a brown man. Yeah, but no, that's really true as well. And I actually really like that theory, Sophie, whether whether it's yeah. the real reason or not, it's it's true. And I think it's true of quite a few films as well. I think it's it's an, whether it's conscious or not. Yeah. Yeah, because he's like assuming like the, the two Chinese boys living there, it's probably like an immigrant neighbourhood, which is why they're like, this yeah, is disgusting. Yeah. It's the same with the Chinese food. She's like, oh, gross oh why are you eating Chinese yeah oh my god I was like this delicious food yeah that's really notable how she like and I'm also like like, why have you suddenly come in here like a massive bitch when you've been very reasonable and nice the whole rest of the time and now you're just like oh you're eating that filthy immigrant food I've been written and I'm not bitchy enough so I have to hate this foreign food now very strange very strange (laughs) yeah why has he got a whole cake why does he have a whole cake that made me feel sick (laughs) when it was dropping off of his face. What's that cake for? I really thought this. It looks a delicious cake as well. The guy's eating Chinese food and whole expensive cakes. (laughs) What's that cake for? He's he's eating eating cheap Chinese food to save money for that huge fresh cream cake. (laughs) He doesn't know what to eat. It's got those strawberries. Sliding off his face like an avalanche. Oh, there is something as well that I would just like there is a lot of fiddling with his penis to the point where I was like have I missed a storyline about him having thrush or crabs as he accuses his wife of having yeah. where he's yeah. he's like she yeah. has crabs like oh god why are you fucking don't sleep with her she's gross she's got crabs yeah. she's got a massive vibrator so you should feel really he does a lot of like that masculine undermining like oh, your big car is making up for small genitals. It's very cold in that pool. You've had liposuction. She has a vibrator, therefore you won't be able to keep up. He's obviously, I mean, if we take it at face value, a man who's constantly, constantly making jokes and outlandish gestures, he's the one who's trying to compensate constantly. Because he's a prick. Yeah. With some unattended thrush. He's got an itchy penis. He's always scratching it. Yeah, or crabs We know you're a guy in there. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. All right, Anna. Um, still legit. I'm going to say. I mean, it's definitely got that halfway house thing with, as you say so, because it's still very enjoyable, and I can imagine it would be quite a useful one to show some kids who might be going through a divorce or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I can't see how that would fly now. Like it couldn't be made. Least of all, well, I don't know. It continues to surprise me about what gets made but you're, you're like oh you're just you want a woman in this but you're going to make a man play it like mm-hmm. well you almost had a female lead here yeah. but don't worry it's a guy just like in the show at the end oh it's all right to have a dinosaur show presented by an old woman as long as it's actually a white young white guy well, oh that would be a lovely program if it was introducing kids to drag that could have been great if the- or if a woman could have the job if you yeah. want the woman to do the job yeah but hire a woman also it was it was it was bizarre it was just I was like this isn't a good show it's not a good show we've got this old guy presenting the show he's really boring (laughs) he's really quiet we want someone young and fresh cool well I do this great old woman great old woman 
Do you know what it is? It's also that him convincing um, Lundy that Mrs. Doubtfire should present it. Yeah. Even with the cake, you know, the face in the cake and stuff like that. Yeah. All of these things are basically saying that him living by the seat of his pants and making these outlandish decisions mm. is working for him. Yeah. Which pays off. We, yeah. If we look at what's on the other hand, which is it's caused him to go through a divorce because, as Sally says, we could just never be serious. We could never have this conversation because he would not be serious. You're a super sad man, child. We're still being shown, oh, but look how fun it is. It all works out in the end. <laughs> no. So, come on. You've got to say, no, it's halfway no. house. No, I don't. Come on. I don't think it is, but it's it's going in Evelyn Mock's no. library. Yes. Where okay. we still want to watch it. It's not legit. <laughs> We, uh, Sophie, we had Evelyn Mock on the show, uh, on the podcast, oh. and uh, we've come up with a thing called Evelyn's Library where you can only watch it if you're aware enough to watch it. You can only watch it if you're not going to go, nice. God, she's a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you can only check it out of the library once you've confirmed <laughs> your wokeness levels. Yeah. yeah, whose side you're on. You think she's a bit of a, a bit of a, what she call her, warden, a prison warden? <laughs> creating stability and focus for her children I'm sorry the film's not available <laughs> that's going back on the shelf you have to watch it with this podcast supervision so emily what do you think i will think? agree with you i think it's not legit i'll go straight in not even in a halfway house i will uh, probably secretly rent it from evelyn's library but honestly i don't know if it was on at christmas whether i'd bother watching it again <gasps> Wow, sacrilege there to Sophie's Because there was actually probably just some trauma from my parents' divorce. I found a lot more problems in it than I was expecting. I still did enjoy it and there were still some belly laughs, mm. but I'm going to go straight in and say I don't think it was legit. I think just also on a viewing level, the doubt firing I found so stressful because the obvious thing is just, just say you can't go or on the day be like, I'm sick. Yeah. I've it got was the so shit. low pressure. I'm sick, yeah. But Mara Wilson, bisexual icon Mara Wilson, yeah. was like, promise you'll I come. I guess she did listen to him. Pierce Brosnan <laughs> has invited you to dinner for Miranda's birthday. When Mrs. Doubtfire is there, Mara needs the toilet. And she's like, Mrs. Doubtfire, will you take her? Oh, I'm working, am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rude. <laughs> No, no, you take her. I'm here as a guest. Give me the lobster. Wow, wow. Okay, see where. Okay. That's why it's not legit, just that one. <laughs> em just wants you, the lobster, and you can blame her, really. <laughs> um, I, I hate it when I'm just like, another thing. It's just the fact that in the courtroom, Sally Field has like a bitch woman lawyer and he has a hapless man lawyer and every yes. time like Daniel's upset about that something bitch woman lawyer looks at him with like fire and like evil in her eyes I know and why does he choose why does he choose to represent himself yeah again hubris this guy's got like messiah complex he because thinks the world revolves around him oh who I miss my kids no shit yeah and then at the end of the, the end of the whole film when he does that second speech which you talked about he's like well, I guess I could only plead insanity. I'm like, that's not a defence. <laughs> People think you're psychologically unstable <laughs> to look after your kids. I'll be like, I plead being incapable to look after my kids. <laughs> yeah. Lock me up. <laughs> oh. Call me a criminal. I guess I should be. Locked up and not allowed any contact with young people. <laughs> but oh, please dear. can I? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And and the blame that he the sort of passive aggressive You've hurt my feelings and mm. I'm a white guy, nice guy. He heaps on her when she's obviously come in a very conciliatory, yeah. you know, not going, you know, when you pretend you came into my house as a stalker for 
two and a half months. The one thing that I thought was a, a black mark on Sally Fields not pocketbook why did I use that phrase basically when she's calling up and then like one of the women is like oh I don't work I don't know what her accent is meant to be because it's really strange I don't work with the males because I used to be one yeah and she's like and like puts down the phone and it's like yeah but that is what That's actually first one. happens yeah and also so it's like everything he does is kind of forgivable because he's their father which is a really problematic like a father's love justifies everything and I think this is, I think just societally, there's just such a poor understanding of what a father's role is meant to be now that it's not just as disciplinarian mm-hmm. and a silent figure. That that's The film is still trying to grapple with that because it's like that thing where, you know, my, my grandma always used to say every time my brother like washed a teaspoon, she'd go, ah, well, lucky for the woman that'll get him. Oh. What are you talking about, Nana? Why why are they getting a, a fucking round of applause every time they, you know, like that Chris Rock thing of like, I look after my kids. You're meant to look after your kids. That's, yeah, that's, that's not a bragging right. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? like, where's dad? Is he babysitting? Mm, no, he's being a dad. He's looking after his own child. That's not babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us for the Odyssey that is Mrs. Stoutfire. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you for having me. Everyone, listen to Sophie's podcast. It's obsessed with I May Destroy You. And also you have to watch I May Destroy You as well. That's just a separate plug for Michaela. You have to watch I May Destroy You. Uh, All the guests that come on the podcast to talk about it are legit. (laughs) And if you are a fan of Lolly Adifope... What are your social handles so we can make sure that we tag you? Um, and not I think it's wait. I think it's at Lolly, <laughs> um, at Sophie Dukebox on everything. S O P H I E D U K E B O X. I can't wait to find out what we're doing next week. So I, I don't mind you tell me right now. No, I want you to tell me. Okay, because I know. <laughs> yeah, because you know. Because you've forgotten, have you? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I mm. like your voice. I'm a big fan of your voice, actually. <laughs> Jeez. So much sass. Oh, she's very flattering. Okay. <laughs> well, fine. Next week, we're going to be doing Recess. This is really exciting because, one, I just... Have we done a cartoon yet? No. Ariel. Ah, oh, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. I love I just said Ariel. Yeah, it's Ariel. Fun. The film. Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the late 90s cartoon recess as picked by our guest for next week, which is Sarah Keyworth. Sarah Keyworth, the wonderful comedian. Yep. She's a fantastic comedian. She has an amazing podcast called You'll Do. Um, that she hosts with her girlfriend Catherine Bohart, who's also an incredible comedian. There's a lot of talent in that we couple. Hate it's them. quite we hate them. Yeah, it's quite a lot of pressure. <laughs> she she's been nominated for Best Newcomer. She's, she's uh, won awards. She's on all the God, TV blah, shows. Blah blah blah. The only people we get on as guests for you guys are m- more famous than us. So you're welcome. <laughs> And you're allowed to enjoy the podcast, but we do like it afterwards when you tell us that you still like us the best. Yeah, uh, and you can and do then... that by emailing us. <laughs> Is it still legit at gmail.com? Or you can follow us on the socials at still legit podcast or at egg comedy, both of which we are there. We're present. And next time you're at a picnic, <laughs> just make sure you mention, <laughs> this is your homework for the week. You're going on a socially distant group gathering. 
yeah. mention the podcast and then force everyone to take their phones out <laughs> and subscribe to it. Be that guy. Be, Be that, that guy. guy. <laughs> it, For us. We, it really helps us out. And if you can rate and review it and subscribe, all right, we'll stop going on and we'll probably see you next week. See ya. Bye.